Hi guys, good evening. I'm just as surprised to be here tonight <clears throat> as you may be. But that's a treat for me. Um, I'm super excited, of course, to be here on a Monday night. And um, I'm here because uh, uh, there's a lot of COVID spreading through the, especially the men's house. Uh, and um, there's just so much chaos right now that that has caused that uh, Mike asked me to, uh, to, to fill in here tonight. So um, hope you guys will have a patience with me tonight. And um, as I was thinking yesterday afternoon when I, I, I heard that there's a chance that I had to teach tonight, um, I, I don't have a vault with a lot of sermons in my back pocket because I'm not a pastor. And um, I was kind of thinking about what a good word would be for tonight. And by the way, for people who don't know me, I'm Ernst, and um, I, um, I, I, uh, I'm a great supporter of the bridge, and um, I just love joining y'all here um, on Monday nights. So um, the accent is, thank you. The accent is Dutch. And after um, the service, I can explain the difference between the Dutch and Deutsch and German. So I'll do that, because that can be an insult for Dutchies when you call me German. So with that, let's continue. I was thinking about a good word for, for tonight, and, and uh, the word healing came to mind. Um, and and um, I was kind of wondering what that, what that looks like for us and for um, us collectively as, as believers, as Christians, but also for us individually. I think we all know that we all have a story. Everybody has gone through something. And the few maybe out there that um, haven't gone through anything, um, I hate to say, but it's, at one point it will. And we will be challenged, and we will need healing. And from a Christian perspective, we know we need healing. So I was thinking about my life, and, and my life is very, very blessed. I've uh, not battled with substance abuse, poverty. Um, I've dealt with other things. And... Um, I've moved here 22 years ago from uh, the, the beautiful city of Amsterdam, and um, when I talk to my family and friends back home, and I still call it home after 22 years, although this is my home, the first question you ask in a conversation is, how are you doing? And um, a lot of my friends are good friends, so they don't answer, how are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? They want to know how I'm doing, and I want to know how they are doing. And whenever I share with them what's going on in my life, there is um, no other way than to talk about Jesus in my life. I found my faith here um, probably about almost 10 years ago, right here in, in, in this church. And um, I've got my family who are not believers. They think I'm kind of weird 
which is true, but not because of Jesus. Mark, come on. Right? We talked about a little grace here tonight. So, um, and my friends have it as well. I, I, I don't have any fellow believers, uh, friends in Holland, just maybe a handful, but not people I grew up with. And I've been accused of, you know, why do you always talk about Jesus? And the simple answer is, it's just there's no other way. What he has done for me, I have no other option. He healed my life. He healed, he found me when I lost my son, Sam. He comforted me a year and a half later when I lost my twin brother, Chris. My life was radically changed because of two dramatic deaths in my close family. My own son, my flesh and blood, my twin brother, my flesh and blood. My life today is better than it's ever been. When I look at my life and I look at what Jesus has done in my life, I think about all that he has given me and not what he has taken from me or perhaps what he has kept from me. My, my scars are evident, but they're not a reminder of my pain. They're a proof of my healing. That's how I live my life today, which is very difficult for people to understand. For fellow Christians, it's a lot easier to understand than for people that don't believe. So I have no other option than to praise him for what he has done for me. But I am at the same time very much aware that I don't praise him enough. Let me say that again. I'm very aware that I don't praise him enough. Do any of you give thanks enough? Praise him enough? Certain stories, other people's stories, may be more dramatic than mine, may be very different with death and sickness, addiction, loss, pain. Um, but tonight, I want to focus on a man whose story is nothing short of remarkable. It's a story that's encouraging. And it's a story that is reminding us to be grateful for what he has done. So I'm going to ask you guys to um, pray with me and then we'll turn into uh, Mark 10. Father, Lord, uh, we thank you for uh, meeting us here tonight, Father. Um, Lord, I, I pray that you'll give me the words to speak. Help us all to receive from you tonight. Open our hearts and our ears, Father, to hear from you collectively and individually. Lord, we uh, commit this time into your hands, all in your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So why don't you turn to um, Mark chapter 10, verse 46 
to 52. I'm not sure if we have it on the screen. So um, this is the story of Bartimaeus. Very well-known story. Let's read. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Wow, what a story. So, what I was thinking about when I was reading this is it's such an interesting story, the story of Bartimaeus, because I think in a sense, it's a beautiful, true gospel story of somebody that really needed help. And he asked for it. The people that were there were not particularly helpful, weren't they? They told him to be quiet. Stay away. But Bartimaeus was determined. And he shouted even more. One of my favorite because, verses, because I'm super loud normally. So whenever somebody raises a voice, I'm digging it. So... This man with a very limited and poor life, first of all, knew who Jesus was, and he asked for help. And, and, and today I want to, I'm going to have like, I think, 10 things we can learn from this story. And in this particular uh, part of, of, of Christ's life, he was, he was finishing up his earthly ministry, and he was actually on his way to Jerusalem. And he stops in a city called Jericho. There were a lot of people following him, but in general, there were a lot of people in that town and on the roads um, because it was time for Passover, and a lot of people were going to Jerusalem, and Jericho was one of the cities that led to Jerusalem. So there were a lot of people. And what better place for a beggar to sit somewhere along the road because there was a, la a large crowd. And if I were a beggar, 
I would sit where the large crowd is. I would, I would pick the wharf here in Monterey and maybe not Jack Speak, you know what I'm saying? So Bartimaeus knew where to go. And, and um, when we consider his life, it may be difficult to kind of replace ourselves in that situation, in that time. But one of the things that struck me after reading this passage again and praying on it and pondering on it, I was like, what would Bartimaeus be like if I would run into him right now? What would Bartimaeus talk about? Bartimaeus would be very aware that people knew his story the story even reads here that people knew his name. He was a, probably a known beggar, Bartimaeus. He was subject to an, an incredible miracle. So people knew him probably even more so. Do you think that Bartimaeus would talk about himself? about all the magnificent things he's seeing right now, or would he just shout out praise? I cannot believe what Jesus has done for me. So let's think about that condition, Artemis' condition. And in those days, um, blindness um, and... and, and um, uh, uh, other things like being a cripple or having diseases um, w was considered, first of all, unclean and very often considered to be a judgment from God. Something must have happened. Who was the sinner? Was it him or his parents? We read in John 9. And those were the, the, the disciples asking Jesus. It's a typical example of religiosity. Who was the sinner? Him or his parents? What a condition to be in. To be rejected. To be avoided. To be hungry. To not have a proper roof over your head not have an ability to work or care for yourself, a true reject. Yet nothing, just think about that, a blind beggar in those days, nothing. He had a cloak, probably likely a cloak that had a certain pattern on it that the people in Jericho could identify him to be a local guy and not just a scam artist or something like that. That's what he had. Mark and Luke actually mention, uh, or, or um, Luke mentions um, this, this occasion as well. Um, and um, it was, I think, for him, a life that was filled with discouragement I think Bartimaeus was a professional asker. He had to ask for everything. For food. For shelter. 
to be brought somewhere, to be led somewhere. He relied on other people for everything. Think about that. Everything you do in life. We don't know when he got blind, if it was a birth or an accident or a disease. We don't, the, door, the story doesn't tell us. I, I just wonder what would Bartimaeus think of the world if he could see it. I think Bartimaeus was sick and tired of being sick and tired. He suffered from the general brokenness, personal shortcomings of having a handicap. And I think we all know that, you know, the, the Bible teaches us as Christians that we're all, in a sense, blind, right? But have you ever felt like sitting outside of the city gates by yourself, wondering, God, where are you? God, where are you? In this moment in my life, where are you? I think Bartimaeus did. And he represents our condition. Because if nothing, we know that Bartimaeus needed help. Desperately. And he knew it. So, we can consider... Bartimaeus as a, maybe an example of our own condition. And um, I think we can also consider what God had given Bartimaeus, what God has given us. It's easy to focus on his blindness, but I think it's safe to assume from this text that he had pretty good ears. He paid attention. He listened for the world to pass him by. He had a good set of lungs. He knew when people tried to quiet him down to tune it up a little bit. He wasn't defeated by his brokenness in that moment anymore. Just with the thought that Christ Jesus of Nazareth was nearby. He knew who he was. People knew who he was. This is deep into Jesus' ministry on earth. And he calls him Jesus, son of David. He knew who Jesus was. He also approached him with great humility. Have mercy on me. He calls him rabbi. He asked for mercy. God didn't owe him anything. He just did understand that he needed mercy. He needed Jesus. So 
So when we look at Bartimaeus' story, what he wanted, he wanted to see, right? What do we want? What do we call out? What do you call out this morning in your quiet time, tonight before you go to sleep? What do you want to change now, maybe in the future? And then maybe ask yourself, what does your family want you to be? Or your friends? Or what does the world, your career, want you to be? What change do you want in life versus what change do you need in life? And what change does God want in your life? I think the key to Bartimaeus' success was that he paired his desire with action. That was one of the first bullet points we focus on. You gotta do something. Bartimaeus yelled, kicked, screamed, probably, right? To get Jesus' attention. He didn't care about how the world would react, and the world reacted, tried to shush him. He only cared about Jesus' attention. In Hebrews 11:6, we read, God rewards those who earnestly seek him. Here's the beauty of it: Jesus heard him. And immediately, instantly healed him. Maybe we should be reminded that we should believe in miracles. They're difficult. And when you read the Bible, we often think that, think that miracles happened back then and not anymore. I stand here in front of you. I've experienced miracles in my life. That come from him. I think Bartimaeus had a very specific kind of faith. I think Bartimaeus knew that he couldn't do it himself. He also knew that the world wouldn't do it for him. Right? Very discouraging. And he knew who Jesus was. And he humbly submitted to Jesus. And Bartimaeus knew what he wanted. I want to see. So, the ten lessons that I kind of like wrote down for us to, to take, to glean from this story is, um, number one, asking questions can lead to a better life. I think asking for help, first of all, is a superpower. Men, especially you guys, I'm talking to you, we're not very good at it. But women are not off the hook either. Inquiring about your surroundings is a good thing. Understanding your surroundings is a good thing. Getting to know people around you or in your life is a good thing. Asking why is a good thing. I know we've got more parents here, and I've got a set of eight-year-old twins, and the question why gets asked at least 10 times a day. 
Why, Papa? Here's why. Why? Why that? Why that? Patience. Last week I talked about pausing. <sighs> Calm down. You know, five whys in a row. Asking questions is a good thing. In Matthew 7, verse 7 and 8, we read when Jesus asked, Ask and it will be given to you, right? Seek and you will find, knock, and the door will be open to you. Jesus tells us to ask. Ask. I think asking questions can lead to a better life. I think number two, knowledge makes you aware of opportunities. When you know your condition, your limitations, the world, and you know how great of a God we serve, you get more clarity on where the opportunities are going to be. Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus knew who Jesus was and what he could do. He'd heard about it. He believed. He believed that Jesus could actually heal him. That's knowledge. That's truth. He can and he will. I think number three is don't let people push you back. And this is an important one, especially when you're in a little bit of a dogfight in your life. You're trying to clean house. Consider your real friends. Don't let people push you back. Of course the world is going to work against you. We love drama, don't we? Right? Anyone watching any of those TV shows? Those... Mark, yeah, you don't. Those reality TV shows? I, I'm, I'm guilty. I feel so normal when I'm watching those shows. Don't let people push you back. And it will. We've all experienced it at times. There's these people in our lives that like to elevate themselves at your expense, right? I always think that you meet people for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And if you can categorize your surroundings based on those three, it's very freeing because we all come across a jerk at times or just someone you don't mesh with. And that's okay. That is just a season. All right, moving on. Number four, know what you want. What do you really want? You want a new car? You want a house? When I was younger, I thought if I buy a house here in Carmel, I, I'm, I'm, I'm set. If I buy a nice sports car, get a hot wife, I'm set. If I get a good paying job, I'm done. Is that true? I think we can all really agree to that because we need to be reminded of that. What do you really want? Do you want peace in your life? You want to be able to go to bed at night and not wander 
Oh, my, long, the what ifs, regrets, guilt. What do you really want in life? Do you know? If you don't, it's a good way to start your prayer tonight. Because God will tell you. Number five. A victim mindset will never lead to victory. Ever. Playing the victim, blaming other people is never going to get you victory. Ever. It just doesn't work like that. It's, it's good to realize that because we see it so often that somebody that is struggling in life with something and then in the, on top of that they got a flat tire and they spilled my coffee and like all these things keep on happening. It was, you know, a law of attraction or something like that. Right? Oh, yeah, I, I couldn't make it to my... This, this really, I really wanted this job. And, and on my way, it's just like, you know, there was a turtle on the road and something happened. No, stop! A victim mentality is never going to get you victory. Ever. Ever. And now we're getting to the better stuff. Faith is required to reach your goals. Faith or trust. I love the word trust. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, it reads, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Bartimaeus did not see. He had faith. Ask God to open your eyes. And the beautiful thing here with the next one is Jesus hears you wherever you are. Anywhere. And it's never too late. Ever. It's never too late. Your faith can lead others to Jesus. Family members. Maybe your wife or your husband, or most importantly, your kids. Your faith can make a huge impact for generations to come. So if you wonder about this life here, our Christian life, and people are talking about eternity and heaven and being in the presence of God, it's sometimes difficult to, to, to grasp, right? But think about this. If you come from a, a family that is just on the wrong side of the tracks, if you will, things just haven't gone well for a long time. One single seed can create an orchard. Your decisions to live a righteous life can affect you your surroundings, your children, your children's children. Think about that. One person. 
You see, it stops with me. Here, tonight, right here, it's enough. There's been so much backlash. With my parents, my grandparents, my brothers, all that stuff happened. It's enough. It changes right here. And the beautiful thing is, if you pay attention in church, you can actually see it. Especially through this ministry, you can see it. I remember a couple of years ago when I was teaching on the Thursday morning at 7. That's early. People were sitting all the way in the back. I'm not going to point anyone out, but she does fantastic announcements, and her story is just incredible. But I remember you sitting in the back these first two weeks. Attitude. Oh. But you know what? Four weeks later, right in the front. Right in the front. One of the most inspiring stories. And we're talking about Vanessa here, who is just like an incredible, incredible story of faith and trust. And I am so confident that she is turning her life around and people around her and the family that will spring out of her. It will happen. It is going to happen. There's no other way. A good seed is going to produce fruit. And then here's the last one, and that was my main focus for tonight. Don't forget God after he helped you. When we see a miracle, or a big, and it can be a big transformation of God intervening in a life, in your life, in someone else's life, we need to praise him. Praise him. What would Bartimaeus do if you run into him today? He would praise God for what he has done. All the time. So what, what now? What do we do? I think our imperfections are not his imperfections. I think we, we can understand that God really needs our imperfections for his perfection. He wants to reconcile us with him, which means he needs imperfect people. I got one. God needs our imperfections. And the very thing we so often desperately try to hide, God wants to showcase. God wants to illuminate. Let him surrender. Don't care about what the world is going to do like Bartimaeus did. I love this quote from Stephen Furtick. He said, tell me your strength and I may learn from them. Tell me your weakness and I can connect with you. I think that's very true. I think we need that because our true identity is found in Christ. The value of something is determined 
but someone is willing to pay for it, right? Christ paid for you, for me, for us on the cross with his own life. For you, for every single person here tonight and that's watching. He did it for you. You are valuable in all those imperfections. Bartimaeus may not have liked God very much. God loved Bartimaeus in his imperfections. There's a purpose in our hardship. There really is. And and I wasn't blind. I wasn't a cripple. I wasn't poor. But I was close to death. And I was absolutely down on the ground, face down. When Jesus picked me up, I had nobody. After Sam, my son, had passed away, I went through such a dark, in such a dark path, it was very difficult to still talk about it. I love to talk about it. I love to cry about it. Because God, Jesus, picked me up. I didn't call out for him. I did not. Yet he came for me. Now, can you imagine when you call out to him? Call out to him. He will hear you. Call out, Abba, Father. I can't. I can't do this. I wish if I would have done that a long time ago. And I didn't. Yet he found me. And here we are tonight, having an opportunity to call out to him. You may feel alone, but you're not. And even if you're not okay, Right now, that's okay. I love that saying, and I use it very often. And many of you have heard me say it before. It's okay not to be okay. It's not okay to stay that way. What would you like to change? What needs to happen in your life? What do you need to cry out to Jesus for? What do you need healing from? Addiction? Lust? Pornography? Guilt? Shame? Anger? Pride? Jealousy? Ask! Ask! Call out to Him. And when you do, we bring it in the light and we confess it. We confess it. We lay it all out. We confess and we repent. And if necessary, every single day, 
So let's pretend for a moment that we are Bartimaeus. Some of you may be in there right now. And you hear that Jesus is passing by. This miracle man. Son of God. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to wait? For something to happen? Or are you going to call out? We gotta call out. No matter what circumstances you are in. Because sometimes we need a mess before we can have a miracle. We need to experience the opposite of what we really want so we can value what He's giving us. Holding on to the past can prevent you from seeing the future. That's in the past. It stops right here with you, for you, your family, your, for the next generations. It stops here tonight. Call out to him. He is here. He wants you to call. Instead of excuses, make an effort. Bartimaeus received his faith by hearing. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Bartimaeus literally walked by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we live by faith, not by sight. So here's the great thing. I think, although Bartimaeus was blind, he saw more than most. I think he received more than most even because of that. And today, tonight, I want to remind you that I think that Bartimaeus worshipped more than most. What would Bartimaeus be doing right now? He is praising Jesus. Ask, call out to him as Bartimaeus did, and be healed. Experience the riches that we can find in Jesus Christ, the fruits of the Spirit, and the peace of God that we read in Philippians 4. And a good start is to call on him and worship him. Thank him for what he has given you. Lord, we thank you for this time tonight. Lord, thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you for being available to us. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for seeing inside us, Father. Father, thank you, Lord, for Desiring to be with us even when we don't desire the same thing. Thank you for revealing yourself to so many of us. And Father, we ask and pray tonight, Lord, that you'll 
Reveal yourself to those that don't know you. Thank you for the story of Bartimaeus. Thank you for reminding us your incredible love for us. In your heart that wants healing for us, true healing. So Father, give us the boldness to come to you, to call on you, to shout for you, Father, for our healing. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done through this ministry, through regeneration and, and the bridge. Father, we lift up, especially the men's house that is, we pray for healing. Sorry. And we pray for just miracles, Father, to happen in these lives. So we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. All right.